south of West Bank Drive. Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, you get going, leave the sinking ship behind. Come on, the rising wind, we're going up around the bend. All right. Welcome back. Man. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 right here. It's the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse. I'm Cody Ryan, sitting in with me this morning, beefsteak. Oh, yeah. Salt dog, twisting wires, got here early, squeezed out a little bit of coffee out of those old rinds. Got I think us he, going reused, this morning. he reused the old coffee grind. I can taste it. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, definitely reused this morning, but that's fine with me. I don't care. Uh, yes, so we've been talking a lot of fishing, a lot of hunting. Mm-hmm. We try not to just be a hooks and bullet show, but by God, it's almost the Texas <laughs> New Year it is where almost. we're going to be fishing and hunting. <laughs> As this weather cools off, I know it's still 100 degrees outside. It will be it's for hard. another couple weeks. It's yeah. hard to think along the hunting and fishing lines a lot, but... Uh, it's happening, and we've brought on, uh, we have a very special guest, someone near and dear to the Outdoor Zone and, and to the uh, yes. to the family, and a longtime friend and uh, uh, mentor and... Uh, all around great guy. Uh, all around <laughs> super duper fella, our good friend, Mr. Steve Hall. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. That's quite a nit. there with you, but uh, it, it is a good morning. It is. It's a great morning. Nice clouds this morning. Time to get out and do something uh, while it's still a little bit cool. So, uh, Beefsteak was going to bring you in, and y'all had had a conversation about some hunting uh, violations, incidences. Uh, uh, Mr. Steve Hall, I mean, the hunting hunter's ed extraordinaire, uh, the know-all, what do we got to look out for? What are well, these things? What were y'all talking about? Why don't we uh, properly introduce? So, Steve, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do? Oh, you bet. Uh, Steve Holland is the hunter education coordinator for the state of Texas, which is Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. And 
uh, been in the role for over about 30 years, and so it's, uh, it's one of those fun jobs. It's kind of a hobby. Uh, obviously, we like to hunt, fish, and talk about it, but on the other side, we also like it to be responsible, safe, and uh, that's our job is to try to help people be, you know, aware and, and safe in the outdoors and this coming New Year's, this, the Texas dove season coming up, you know, the, the things that we want to watch out for, obviously, are, are first and foremost safety. But there are some legal things that uh, you got to remind yourself of uh, as you go into the season just to be, you know, just to be sure that nothing sneaks up on you and a game board doesn't sneak up on you and give you a ticket. Yeah. And so I, in our discussion, I was fascinated. You were talking about some of the top uh, hunting violations and incidents and how those play back into the uh, hunter education program. Correct. We uh, we have what I call the top 10 hunting incidences and the top 10 violations. And, of course, in hunter education, if you just teach to those top 10, you're doing the right job. <laughs> uh, the top 10 hunting incidences, one is shooting uh, at game outside of a safe zone of fire. So dove hunters, that's the number one oh, yeah. type. And uh, that's the one they really got to watch out for. Communicate with your buddies. Make sure you know where they're at. They're usually in camouflage, so you just really got to make sure that if you post up or, you know, position yourself, just position yourself properly so that you're not spraying the other guy with pellets. Yeah, that's that's a... (laughs) Dick Cheney. That has never (laughs) happened to me, or I have never been in that situation. Oh, come on. I've had it rain down on me. (laughs) You've had some pellets You were in the wrong place. You were in the wrong place. Yeah, it's not a it's not an easy feeling to be pelted with a, a few pellets coming out of the sky. And so again, it's just and it's a three hundred yard zone. So if you're shooting towards somebody, just think of three football fields. Just make sure they're outside of three football fields, and you're and you're fine. And, and that includes houses, cows, and everything else. And then the top violation this uh, in the dove season anyway is over the daily bag limit on dove. That's the second most written ticket. Uh, by game wardens is over the daily bag limit on doves. And the number one ticket, as you can all guess, is no proof of hunter education. <laughs> oh. That's number that's number one by far. So you uh, got to get that down there, Mister Hall. So <laughs> so tell us a little bit, real quick, about what are the regulations on who has to have uh, Texas hunters ed license and to get a license and how that works. Anyone born on or after September 2nd of 1971 is our grandfather date. So really, if you're born after that date, just go get hunter education. You you go to the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, and you choose between three options. Uh, the first two are classroom and field courses. And then the third one for those over 17 years of age is online only. So three options. It's very convenient. You register right there online and, uh, you know, figure out which course you're going to go to and that kind of thing. Uh, it's pretty easy these days in terms of figuring out how how and where uh, to get into a course. Um, and, of course, this is the busy season, so we'll do it now. Yeah, definitely don't wait. You don't have that much longer uh, to Thir- get all that 13 done. 13 days and counting right now. So, Steve, what are some of the other violations or incidents that we may be uh, that may surprise us or may be interesting well, it's it, it, no surprise. It's deer hunters and dove hunters. Uh, we have 26% of the nation's dove hunters, and we take 25% of the doves. So, so just think about the numbers there. And then we have 800,000 deer hunters. 
And so just from a statistical wow. standpoint, those are the two most common categories that you see in the violation codes. Uh, one is untagged deer, no deer hunting license, those kind of things. But the other one for dove hunting is an unplugged shotgun. So if you have a semi-auto or a pump-action shotgun, be sure it has a plug in it and can and can hold no more than three shells in that in, in that firearm. So does a yeah. uh, does a broken stick in suffice as a shotgun plug? This is a TJ question. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure, sure it does. Yeah, I've I've used one myself. Um, you know, you get out with somebody else's gun and then. All of a sudden, you find that they didn't have a plug in it. Next best thing is a dowel or a stick or something that you can find just to make sure that you can't put more than two in that magazine. I think TJ. We I think all him. of his all of his shotguns just have an old piece of pencil stuck in there. I think he's got a broken pencil in each one of them. I don't think he owns <laughs> yeah, just a plug. Make sure, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Any others yeah, that come? All, I, I I think we've all used the stick method. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any others that come up on the radar, Mr. Steve? Yeah, for dove hunting, it's no dove hunting license, no dove, uh, dove hunting over bait. Um, I've, I've found that one time where uh, a guy, a neighbor, apparently was uh, sneaking in on the ranch that I was invited to and, and uh, putting millet by the, by the stock pond there. And uh, I went over to investigate, you know, this place that I was going to try to dove hunt on and everything. And, I, man, I saw that right off the bat. And told the landowner that, and they were they were kind of mad, obviously, because they they weren't doing it. Yeah. But even that situation right there, you're you're illegally hunting, so you got to really kind of know, and it, it doesn't have to be you that put the bait there. So that's the situation that you can get into every once in a while, where somebody else is kind of sabotaging you. Well, we've talked about just uh, deer feeders as well, you know, and making sure, or even turkey feeders and and different things, you know, you can't hunt dove over the top of your deer feeder uh it's yeah that's the more common situation is <laughs> yeah. they just don't turn off their deer feeder you bet you bet right it, so, and they have to do that 10 days out you know in other words 10 days before the season yeah yeah well that makes sense i i know that one's uh been a discussion that we've had in this in this uh old bunkhouse before for sure well it was on how far we were trying to guess how far away from the feeder could you shoot and still be within the game wardens, you know, like 50 yards or does it have to be 100 yards or, you know, that kind of thing. Better well, safe. I, I had a discussion with a game warden once about that and because, and, uh, you know, it's really an interpretive call. All they, all they have to do is show that the, uh, the dove that you were shooting at were flying into that baited stand. So there's no defined limit other than about 400 yards, you know, roughly, but <laughs> – Wow. But, and it's because if, uh, and this is a federal law, so if a federal warden were to were to check it, it doesn't even have to be a state warden. But uh, it's it's an interesting question. But just try to, if you're on a hunting lease and you have a bunch of deer feeders, just make sure they're all turned off for the dove season, and then you can turn them back on for the deer season. That's uh, that's you know actually it's a great idea. That's going to be one of the on the list for me if we're on where we're going. Um, also I was, I was, uh, I know you probably have a couple more, but I wanted to make sure that something that I was surprised, I guess, is I didn't understand how much the incidents that you track or the top ones, how much they play into the actual hunter's ed and what is on the test and what is taught. 
Yeah, I mean, again, no surprise that uh, the good news about hunting is it's safe and getting safer. Uh, if you look at the incident rate from the 60s all the way to now uh, in Texas, you know, we used to have over 120 incidents a year in the 60s, uh, over 20 fatalities, 20 to 30 fatalities. Nowadays, you know, it's two fatalities and about 20 incidents total uh, every year. And, you know, we're trying to get that down even, but it's because of hunter education, it, it really has become a, a safe outdoor activity. That's a good. That's the good news. And it really has focused on hunting safety and then hunting legally. And those are the two of you know the most common objectives of the course we uh we have kind of fun with it you know when we teach safe zones of fire we throw some frisbees in front of people with you know to to give them a sense of what their safe zone is and <laughs> whether they can shoot at the frisbee or not and the other thing that we all want to watch out for uh are, are more longly ethical lines and that's not the sky bust you know that wound animals we always want to make a clean kill so you always want to shoot that at doves within 20, 30 yards if you can, because that's when the shooting skills are the best. Um, certainly outside of 40 yards, we can show anybody that they can't hardly hit trap or skeet, you know, at 40 and beyond. <laughs> and if they're trying to hit doves at that, all they're doing is wounding animals. So we, we teach a lot about taking the right shot. Well, that's a big difference is ethical hunting versus legal hunting. It's not always illegal but it could be unethical. Yep. Uh, um, Mr. Hall, uh, the new outdoor annuals out or coming out, and uh, I guess it's out now. Yes, it uh, is. And uh, anything that sticks out in, in in the outdoor annuals are rules and regulations and uh, anything and everything right there in one handbook. Anything that sticks out, I know there's probably some new stuff, some stuff people need to go read it every single year. We encourage that, absolutely, uh, especially for the areas you're hunting. Uh, but anything that sticks out that uh, comes to mind for you? Yeah, well, three things. There's a, there's a, the south zone on the dove season opens early this year. So if you you have a place to hunt in the south part of Texas, um, you get an extra week. So September 14th is the kickoff, and that's pretty cool for a lot of hunters. Yeah. Um, the other the other couple of things are that the boating laws, the the water safety laws, are now in the annual along with the fishing and hunting laws. So it's all in one one document now uh, versus a couple, which is kind of, again, a, an interesting thing. And then and then finally is, is the use of the Outdoor Annual app is just to download the app on your phone from our website. And that's really a, a cool thing because in your deer stand, you know, you have your yeah. laws right there with you on your phone because everybody has a phone, it seems. But uh, so, so download the app this year and uh, – and always take it with you because you never know when you have a question about what county you're in and if I can take a, a certain size buck in that county and things like that. Yeah, and it, it's, I mean, it's come in handy more than once. Absolutely, that app is uh, is handy to have right there on the phone. Of course, grab you a couple outdoor annuals, throw you one in the deer blind too. It doesn't hurt to have a little paperback uh, with you. <laughs> yeah. Why everyone why everyone should buy a hunting and fishing license? You've got uh you've got a you got a reason why everyone should buy a hunting and fishing license this year? Well, I mean, uh hunting licenses and, and excise taxes on sporting arms and ammunition pays for conservation. And Amen. That simple. Um and it doesn't have to be a hunter that pays for conservation all the time. It can be a non hunter, so yeah, buying a license is just a guarantee towards good wildlife management, uh, research, 
you know, acquisition of wildlife lands or wildlands, and then finally hunter education. So those are the four ways that our license fees and excise taxes are used to benefit conservation. And uh, it's a great formula. I always like to say that uh, it's a user-pay-everyone-benefits system. Well, man, absolute. Oh, you got, what do you got? Well, I just wanted to tell Steve that, um, you know, I'm a hunter's ed instructor, and I just wanted to make sure everybody out there knows that there are good reasons to, even if you're grandfathered out of the hunter's ed, it's good to take the class. And it's cool because now I understand that some of the things that are either biggest violations or the incidents, like I always wondered why we spent so much time on the uh, tree stands and the safety in tree stands and how you uh, all around that. And now I understand that that's one of the top difficult or incidents where people get hurt is in the tree stands. It is the top incident in North America. So falls from tree stands are number one. I mean, it, it doesn't even involve firearms most of the time. So so a lot of the teaching and the hunter's ed all questions and the way it was developed is around the difficulties that people are having and trying to make awareness on that. And so it's really good for not only young students of the outdoors, but all all of the men that come, or women. And women. And, sorry, <laughs> the, the, all the outdoors people yeah if you think about it it's firearm safe firearm handling and i like to tell people they say well my kids will never touch guns and i said no 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 i i I think uh, my belief is every kid will get their hands on a gun they either do so responsibly or irresponsibly Uh, and, and it's just like anything else they will touch a firearm at some point in their lives even if they're not a hunter and they're not a shooting sports enthusiast they will still touch a firearm. <laughs> and that is part of the hunter's safety course, is safe handling. Yep. So we go yep. through that. Mr. Mister Hall, we've got to take a break. But I just want to tell you thank you for having 30 years of hunter's education under, uh, under control in the great state of Texas and for handling that for us for the great state of Texas. Absolute honor to... To have you as a friend and uh, and to be able to talk to you this morning and still hear the enthusiasm in your voice of safe outdoor activities, I just I just love it and uh, and thank you, thank you, Mister well, Steve. Thanks, it, thanks. It's been a privilege for sure. Yeah, it's been awesome. So, Mister Hall, the man, the myth, the legend, right here, <laughs> live on the bunkhouse. Uh, thank you again for hanging out with us. All right, up next, we've got your Peter report, then your Armed Citizens report. Plus, uh, who knows what we'll talk about. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. You get it every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. right here, the number one outdoor radio show in Texas, the Outdoor Zone on 104.9 The Horn and 24-7, 365, theoutdoorzone.com. I'm Everstar Pro Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning before the sun, fixed me some coffee and a honey bun. Jumped in my pickup. 
Gave her the gas. I'm going out to catch a five-pound bag. Only five? Down by the lakeside, <laughs> just off the ramp. All them people sleeping in their fishing camps. Aye. And their camper bed, homemade campers on the back of their truck. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Good thing I have a solid truck to carry that homemade camper shell that I'm building that's not going to look homemade. It's custom. It's going to have a big it's, bath on the side. It's not going oh. to be called homemade. It's going to be called my custom okay. travel truck. Hand, truck. Handmade. Classic. No. No. Custom. Okay. Custom. Custom camper shell. Camper truck camper. Custom truck camper is what I'm building. But good thing I've got good solid truck that's maintained by our friends at Sun Auto Service, the family owned and operated repair and maintenance company. Since nineteen seventy eight, they've worked hard every day to earn your trust and keep your vehicle running like new. They hire ASE certified technicians to repair and maintain your vehicles. Uh they do everything from brake jobs to AC repairs to uh, just regular old oil changes. I go in there every month, it seems, for an oil change. Sunautoservice.com. They've got tons of coupons and deals right there on their website. 405 West Slaughter Lane is the one I use. You can go to 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown, or their newest location at 1206 Ranch Road 620. com. All right, now it's time for this week's PETA Report. They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA Report, because we love animals too. They taste great. All right, I've got a couple PETA reports for you this morning, one of which comes directly from their website, where they give you... They name the top ten vegan seafood dishes. Oh yeah. PETA names America's top ten vegan seafood dishes. Fish tacos. Hmm. I wonder where they but come yet, from. <laughs> they're not real fish. They're made of tofu, pico de gallo, red cabbage, and cayenne lime sauce. Why? No. That's what I don't understand about this whole thing this whole vegan thing is everything they try and do just mimics the or they try and mimic the real thing like if we're trying to mimic the real thing why aren't you eating the real thing what is what is the fake thing but why is the fake thing better than the real thing or Mm. should you eat the fake thing why are you trying to make it something it's not if you're gonna eat tofu just eat tofu Oh, they, they're trying to make it a safe alternative because, you know, fish feel pain. Artichoke you- oysters, immaculate dishes like this one, which served with artichoke puree, a crispy oyster mushroom, yellow tomato bernays, and kelp caviar. Ca- ca- caviar. caviar huh? Kelp caviar. So uh, they're just hmm. making it uh, sound, Wow. Talk about fake. Catfish Tofu named PETA's top 10 soul food restaurants in 2006, Detroit Vegan Soul. This eatery serves up vegan seafood from its catfish tofu dish made from cornmeal, cornmeal battered tofu, a broccoli, and corn medley. 
redskin potatoes and onions. Hush puppies are served on the side. I and they serve little fried dogs. I can't believe they, <laughs> they do that, but they don't serve. Okay. Anyway, vegetable ceviche. Yeah. What's yeah, without, the point? Without Makes shrimp. no sense. Mm-hmm. The vegan crab cakes in Baltimore. Head to this eatery to check out this popular weekend special, which is made with Old Bay seasoned textured vegetable protein and pan fried in olive oil. Mmm. Disgusting. Fish dinner at the Memphis, Tennessee. The fish dinner is an all-vegan restaurant. Comes with three garden fishless fish fishless fi- fillets. The heck is a fishless fi- fillet? How do you even make a fishless fillet? Without fish. Oyster mushroom calamari. That looks disgusting. Um, How do you do fake squid? Hmm. Anyway, these drive me crazy. I just can't. I I, I don't understand if your whole thing is to push not eating meat. What what are these substitutes? Well, I don't know why they just don't name them what they name them. I mean, why? why, Yeah, right. Exactly. Why don't you call it like fried mushroom? Hello. <laughs> oh, we had vegans for Christmas. The vegan family came in. And the most surprising thing, as we talked about before, was the eating habits. Not only did it take three times longer to prepare everything, right? right? But they had to give their kids vitamin D and protein drops. All these supplements that come and after that come natural to eating meat, God's creation to harvest, to eat the meat. They have to give supplements so their body operates correctly because they choose to eat vegan. And for whatever reason, they doesn't were, make any sense. They were sick a lot, <laughs> a lot more than the other kids during Christmas. I may have been just coincidence. Maybe because you were not. feeding them bacon and oh, their body we, wasn't used to it. <laughs> we did have a bacon incident before everybody woke up. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just glad you clarified you had vegans at your house because you, you prefaced that with, I had vegans for Christmas. So I was a little nervous there for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. We clear them out. I wouldn't waste my time eating a vegan. We trap them, Ugh. you know, and then eat them. Ain't yeah. no meat on those bones. You Not know what I mean? Much. Sickly, yeah. The animal wanna... rights organization People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, better known as PETA, had Man. its own response for the president Tuesday after he called fired White House aide Omarosa a dog. He called her a dog, I guess. The group suggested he should adopt a dog because it will make you want to be a better person. Mr. President, (laughs) dog is not an insult. They are loyal and loving, PETA said in a tweet. They make you want to be a better person. You should try it sometime. It's always a great time to adopt from a local shelter. Hashtag grab a puppy. Um. So I thought PETA was not into being enslaved. Gonna say. That they are so twisted in everything they do, and their whole concept of reality is so twisted that one argument they say, "Hey, we should uh, we should not capture these animals and keep them in confined spaces like a fence. They should run free. They're wild animals. Natural. Naked. And the next statement they say, Donald Trump, you should get a dog and have it as a loving pet." So make up your freaking minds, cat people. <laughs> cat people. Wait. Driving me crazy. Ugh, makes me sick. All right. Up next, Armed Citizens Report. 
We'll hey, talk about work guns together. again. <laughs> guns uh, and vegans and pita. Man. So like don't go vegan. Eat the all-natural, God-given delight of meat, and your body will function correctly. Especially growing up. Especially those times when your brain is starting to organize and it just muscle structure and your whole body is being created. Up next, the Arm Citizens Report. You get it right here, the number one outdoor radio show in Texas. It's the Outdoor Zone. We're live in the bunkhouse on 104.9 The Horn and 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? Yep, here we come again, back to the outdoor zone on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, this is Beefsteak Disco, and I'm uh, bringing this plane back in for Cody Ryan. TJ is out today. Uh, he's out hiking in the, uh, in the Virginia mountains with a cup of coffee and his wife. Sounds like fun. Looks like he could probably use some of this, but McBride's Guns, we all know them. They're Central Texas family-owned and operated gun shop. You know, if you're looking for the right firearm, McBride's can help. If you're looking to trade your guns, McBride's is the place. An expert gunsmith is on site. Only one place we go from the outdoor zone, and that's McBride's Guns. You know, one of the things that we do is talk about the Armed Citizen Report, and uh, if you need... A referral for a personal carry class or anything to do with guns, ammunition, maybe a wife, a girlfriend, a daughter, someone that you uh, may feel a little bit uncomfortable right now but wants to protect themselves, you go over there, they'll let you, uh, they'll put you in the right gun for the right person. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing seeing all that come together. They even have the youth model uh, rifles and shotguns and, uh, for the new hunting season coming up, it's a great place to go. Get excited about the new year. Get your uh, download your outdoor annual and read it and get set up for the new hunting year that's starting. Especially that shotgun. Oh man, that's where you bought your first shotgun, I believe. Isn't that's it? right, McBride's guns. Yeah, new for the outdoors. All right, now it's time for this week's Armed Citizens Report. Today, legal firearm owners are protecting themselves and their families across the nation. These acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media. The Outdoor Zone wants you to know the truth. This is the Armed Citizens Report for the week. It's amazing how easy it is every single week to find a uh, report on vegan eateries around the country or uh, how PETA has uh, called uh, to have 
dogs. It's hard to pick the best one. Well, because there's so... what it's what it's what it's <laughs> the problem is 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 finding uh, detailed information on a website that is concise and. Uh, honest and true, true mm-hmm. reporting, yeah. and the Armed Citizens Report, we have, there's Armed Citizens Report that happen every single day. Every day, yeah. But they are not published in regular news sources, and to, to dig and to find them, and true and back them up, I mean, you find them time and time again, but they're really hard to find because the big news media doesn't publish how somebody no. saved lives. Well, just last week in Florida, a bystander with a gun stops a shooting at a Florida park. Um, thankfully, a heroic citizen with a permit to legally carry a concealed handgun was able to save countless lives in Florida last Saturday when he shot a gunman who opened fire on a back-to-school event attended by over 150 students at a park in Titusville, Florida. The media rarely gives natural national news coverage to incidents like this, but responsible gun owners have stepped forward in this way many times to save lives. In fact, concealed handgun permit holders have prevented dozens of mass shootings just in recent years. And as I was looking, like I said, it's hard. You don't see it in like the regular, any of the new, normal news uh, websites or any of the news channels. You didn't hear anything about this. You don't hear, yeah, I never heard about this. And this is kids, backpacks, the whole Parkland thing. I mean, this guy saved an event, a back-to-school event. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it seems like that's like, that should be, you know, high on the list. Of course, now, if somebody were to get shot by a crazed somebody the you would hear all about it and it would be you know congress would be have to go up for a vote for you know regulating regulations uh, second amendment something 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 right. uh but it happens time and time again march 20th a good guy with a gun saved lives in a school in uh in baltimore uh down here november 15th um, 2016, a gun saves a deputy. I mean, we talk about it every week. May 25th, 2018, a mass shooter in Oklahoma is taken out by a good guy with a gun. Uh, I mean, it, there's just, but they're hard to find because the the media doesn't put them out there. The media doesn't respond to the good things that happen with firearms. They respond to the negative things that happen with firearms time and time again. So I just want to Encourage you that time and time again, we've seen it right here in this very bunkhouse, how a firearm potentially saved uh, Salt Dog's life, or at least, you know, further confrontation with a guy that was breaking into his house. He didn't take anything. He, he ended up not taking nothing away. And Salt Dog and didn't nope. have to pull the trigger. Nope. It wasn't this big bloody massacre. It was, it was a self-defense tool that worked properly. And uh, and it it stinks that we have to even think that way or See, go along those lines. I thought of big media. I mean, I, I've been buying that for a little while that it's regulated. You know, like here's the here's the argument that I was that, that I had heard. And that is unless it's negative, uh, it doesn't catch your your eye. It doesn't stick to, you know, your brain. You aren't caught by it. As a tagline, right? right? But in reality, it turns out that it really is an agenda. It really is part of um, wanting, just like 
hunting. I mean, people are being real quiet about that whole thing of the licenses maybe going down. And I was told by someone, hey, if we can just wait 10 years and people stop buying license like this new generation, they aren't informed of it, that will naturally create a huge problem where there is no more money for it and there is no more, you you know, the parks and the outdoors and all that is, uh, is kind of forgotten about. A beautiful thing in Arkansas. I've got my mother recently, mm-hmm. stepdad, and and uh, little sister recently moved up to Arkansas within the last year or two. So I've been there a few times to visit them. And uh, the commissioners, so this is kind of cool for me. Commissioners with the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission proposed an amendment to waterfowl hunting regulations earlier this week to specify when non-residents can hunt waterfowl on wildlife management areas uh, to specific blocks of date, if passed, the proposal would let non-resident non-residents hunt waterfowl uh, November seventeenth through twenty fifth, December twenty sixth through January sixth, and January nineteenth through twenty seventh. Non-residents still would be required to purchase a five day non-resident waterfowl permit, but they would be allowed they would be able to purchase as many permits as they wish to ensure they are able to hunt. 30 days during the Arkansas waterfowl season. Since the last duck season, members of this body have repeatedly heard from Arkansas sportsmen and women that it, ha- it that it was a step in the right direction, but the pressures from overcrowding on those WMAs, wildlife management areas, still exist, especially on our popular WMAs. The point of doing this is an effort to try and look for any possible way to avoid having to go to some kind of draw system which is something we don't want to do. Right. Man, I never even would – I mean, I, I get big game, you know, the the elk numbers, the elk populations in, in some that. states mm-hmm. are all regulated with draw systems. you got to put in – I mean, some of these elk hunts, I mean, holy smokes, you've got to put in for 10, 15, 20 years before you get a shot at, at one of the tags. Bear hunting too, right? Yeah, there's yeah. some bear hunting like that or, or just big game yeah. hunting, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so you put in for these draws and you gain points over time. I would have never guessed that would be the case for waterfowl of any sort. I mean, I guess yeah. maybe I'm not as um, maybe I'm not as entrenched in, touched, in that, right? In yeah. t- in, engaged with waterfowl hunting. Of course, I love I love duck hunting, <laughs> but I just don't. I'm not fully geared up like that. Was duck hunting the the handful of times that I've been has been absolutely awesome. But I go, I, I look at it and I think, crud, I've already got, I'm already like indulged in bass fishing, mm-hmm. you know, six, eight months out of the year. I'm right. traveling across the country and you I've gotta, got all this money invested in this deal. Uh, you know, the family's got a ranch, whitetail ranch. I've already got to spend some time <laughs> up there. Like if I were to throw in waterfowl, like, obsession into this mix i mean i'm out of i'm like over like i need a couple more months in the year you know but a 15 month year maybe maybe that but that camper you know because what the guys do my truck camper bro i know but why are you dogging on my truck i'm not but this is great for waterfowl because what they do like teal hunting they'll go down and lay in the ditches or they'll get along the road and wait for the sun to come up right and just pop up <laughs> there you go. You could just take your camper. You and haven't just... been waterfowl hunting very many times. Have you? Mm, just that one time down by the coast.
All right, up next, uh, we'll wrap this whole thing up. It's the number one outdoor radio show in Texas, brought to you by... Well, we'll tell you that up coming up next, I guess. Uh, it's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse, brought to you by the power of caffeine and coffee. Every <laughs> Sunday from 7 to 9, right here on 104.9 The Horn and 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Country, are you? Yep. She said, I really need to know. Can you two step? Yep. Good cause I'd had to let you go. You love your Hi. mama? Yep. Make lots of money. Welcome back. The older shotgun. It is the and, Outdoor and Zone. Brought to you by Archery Country. Austin Archery Country. Our friends over at Austin Archery Country have you everything you need from your bows, your arrows. They got a full indoor range right there. They got Matthews Hoyt, the top of the line. Plus, they've got crossbows, Traeger grills to cook it once you stick it. Man, they got it all at Austin Archery Country. If you hadn't been there in a while, you need to stop in, say hello. Go shoot in the range, uh, get your bow tuned up, go get you some new broadheads, make sure you got the, got the right ones all ready to rock because it's happening. Try some of those new heavy arrows. It's not far. Yeah, the newest thing is going with a heavier arrow because these bows are so fast, so quiet, that you can shoot a heavier arrow with more kadunk than uh, those little light arrows that go <laughs> Right? Light, you light, want, you you want like more that. kadunk and less that's to- <laughs> totally technical, and if you're a bow hunter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's right. Go see our friends, uh, Austin Archery Country. If you're just intrigued and and just want to learn about bows, a great place to go. You can shoot some bows and see if you're even if that's even something you want to you want to pick up and take on. Go see them at 8121 Research Boulevard. You can check them out online, AustinArcheryCountry.com. Uh, 512-452-1222, 452-1222. They're closed Sunday and Monday, but open back up Tuesday through Saturday, AustinArcheryCountry.com. You know, there's a reason that schools welcome in bow archery shooting. Yeah. I mean, come on. They, they do. Yeah. So these kids, when nothing else is allowed in the school... They're allowing them to come in and shoot archery. That's right. And what I had heard is one of the reasons that they want them to come in and do that is because they've seen, or they allow it, I should say, is that they've seen better attendance and better grades when people are involved in something like that, which uh, that type of activity. Well, hello, I would go to class, too, if it involved shooting bows. (laughs) And it turns out it's not dangerous at all. It's weird. Well, Sharp, yeah. I mean, taught that, correctly, it's yeah. not any more dangerous than sharpening a pencil. Correct. A bow hunter was attacked by a mountain lion Saturday morning. Speaking of bows, <laughs> maybe you should be careful. Uh, and crews worked to locate the animal in an effort to keep the public safe, according to the outreach manager Phil Douglas with the Northern Region of Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. <laughs> The father and son were hunting Saturday morning in uh, just north of the fish hatchery. (laughs) 
Of course, <laughs> of course, a that's where we always be. go. <laughs> uh, one of the hunters encountered a mountain lion, which superficially scratched their chest and arms. Douglas said, "I don't know what superficially means." Was he just he like swatted at him? I guess. Was what, he what just like a, just use his paw, like no nails? Yeah. He's like, hello, ow, ow, that hurt. Another hunter shot towards the mountain lion with his bow, but when the arrow was retrieved, Douglas said it did not appear to have any blood on it. Douglas said the animal was most likely stalking the pair of hunters as they left the area. Crews responded to the area and the, and a houndsman. Oh yeah, which Send brings the dogs. dogs. Yeah, bring was the called, dogs was called to uh, attempt to locate the animal. With all of these cases, we're investigating them very thoroughly. As you can imagine, a mountain lion attack is a traumatic thing. Man, I uh, that one guy that uh, he he had his uh, moment of fame, the guy that did the live Facebook video yeah. after being attacked by a bear, and he was all mauled up, and his mm-hmm. ear was hanging off the side of his face, and... <laughs> He had to hike out of the mountain before he could get service or whatever, but he yeah. recorded it. Or right, he's sitting on re- the back by his camper, by the camper. No, he was crawling thing. out of the woods, walking out of the woods. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I remember seeing it. Yeah, and nasty. And then, and then he came out, and so then I followed him on Facebook or whatever, and he came out with uh, like a line of T-shirts with his face on it, <laughs> like all mauled and. Uh, he he cashed in on that deal. I mean, I guess if you're going to get your face scratched off by a wild animal, I would probably cash in on that deal. Sure. That's Why not? I wish for, but... Huh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... Yeah, if it's going to happen, I guess. So you were talking about close calls, close encounters. Have you ever been stalked, right, going up to a blind? Or stalked? Stalked, or you heard something following you, or... Oh, I don't like to creepy. think about it. You just go. I just go, and I, I have to put it out of my mind. The scariest in. part is hunting, for me... The scariest part is not like wild animals here in Texas. You know, we don't have a whole lot. We have mountain lions and stuff, but we don't have a whole lot of animals that will stalk and not like the, kill you. Yeah. Not like bears yeah. and stuff. Uh, I, the scariest thing for me is hunting South Texas with illegals, People. humans. Yeah, They're, humans crossing the border is is more nerve wracking than uh, animals by far to me. And I've encountered them, you know, before, and that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, that's more that's that's scarier to me. So we were we were out tracking. You know how it is uh, after the dark. You know, you're two minutes for shooting time. Right. Boom. And then you're tracking, right? Right. So I was walking out there. Had given the flashlight to one of the kids, and uh, and another adult. I don't want to say that. You know, serious. They're they're walking out. And so I was back walking in the dark, and one of the freakiest things, I don't know why this freaked me out, but there was a game cam that I didn't know about, and it takes night pictures, and you've ever seen the infrared red lights oh, yeah. that show up, and they're like two <laughs> eyes that are coming out, you're like, hey, wait, I just moved, and something was blinking, and it looks like one of, like a robot or some kind of weird space movie, you know? The Texas Hunter Trophy, Texas Trophy Hunters Association Hunters Extravaganzas are going on throughout the month of August. Check them out. Uh, San Antonio is coming August nineteenth through the twenty first. Uh, lots of cool events. Uh, lots of cool people That's there. Going Photo on right ops. Now, man. Yeah, they've got one going on. Pigman's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go check it out uh, if you want to get 
out and uh, see some cool hunting stuff. They've got it at the Hunter's Extravaganza. All right. This week, uh, this week, you've got your quote of the week. A father shares DNA with a child. A dad is a term of affection and familiarity. Dad is someone who actively participates in a child's growth and development. You know what? You can be a dad to anybody. Take them out to hunting season, get them started, get the education started, and uh, become a dad to kids in your neighborhood. A mentor. Or you're a mentor, not a father. We're talking about being a dad. Right. Tell them who the true father is. Speaking of, this week's Bible verse comes from James 2.17. In the same way... Faith by itself is not accompanied by action. Uh, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, on behalf of TJ, get a kid outside, get them, show them the trees, the birds. We don't care what it is as long as you get them in the great outdoor zone. Check out Kids Outdoor Zone for a way that you can be involved in getting kids outdoor and becoming that mentor, that man, that fatherly figure for somebody that may not have it. Uh, We just uh, love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us in the bunkhouse this morning. We'll see you next week, same time, same place, right here. It's the Outdoor Zone. We're live in the bunkhouse on 104.9 The Horn. Now on iTunes, just search The Outdoor Zone. And uh, or you can check us out anytime at theoutdoorzone.com. Adios. I had fun. I had fun. It was fun. My grandpa taught me how to live off the land, and his taught him to be a businessman. He used to send me pictures of the Broadway nights, and I'd send him some homemade wine. But he was killed by a man with a switchblade knife. For $43, my friend lost his life. I'd love to spit some beeching up in that dude's eyes And shoot him with my old 45 Cause a country boy can survive Country folks can survive Cause you can't stop us out and you can't make them run But when them old boys raise on shotgun We say grace and we say man And you ain't in the that don't give a damn We're from North California and South Alabama And little towns all around Hey guys, have you been hearing about low T and testosterone therapy? Testosterone is the cornerstone of a man's health. After age 30, we may lose about 2% of our testosterone each year. This causes us to lose energy, get fatter, lose sex drive, and disrupts our sleep. We think we are just getting old when that feeling is really caused by low T. Universal Men's Clinic has local medical providers 